0: All right, welcome the into the Plank through. Show right here on the Wrap. Oh, I fell asleep through. during the fourth quarter of this Golden State Sacramento game last night. Can I wait for that Can I watch the highlights real quick so I can see what happens? Because the last thing that I do in the morning is check the NBA scores. Oh. I watched
1: uh, a lot of OKC last night, basically start to finish.
0: What's that? And. Uh, brain dead offensive Ooh. second half. Uh,
1: second half, I would say.
0: Kings won last night. How about that? Warriors suddenly stink. How we doing, Warriors fans?
1: Did uh did my man Keegan Murray hit, hit any big shots?
0: Uh, you know what? That would involve me knowing all the players on the Sacramento Kings when I only know De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. So well, sorry. That, that's the
1: NBA. I mean, you only <laughs> need to really know a couple from each team.
0: All right. So last night. I'm doing a show on SiriusXM. I do the uh, playoff reaction show, and it's awesome. It's it's great. Now, my my co-host, my partner, uh, Jeff Schwartz. I I think he couldn't care less for this show. There is no man that wants his show to be over more than Jeff wants that show to be over. It's
1: why am I here? Huh? Why
0: exactly? And, and here's the other part of it. Jeff's an Oregon guy, and right now everyone's questioning why isn't Oregon. Dropping whenever things like X, Y, and Z happen in Texas. So we'll get to that, but I I bring it up because, boom! Right in the middle of hour one of that show, we did. I I asked Jeff that same question, Josh, that you and I debated yesterday, which was, what does a timeline even look like here? Right? What should it look like? What should it look like? Right? What do you want it to look like? Mm-hmm. And, and I I personally. I hadn't really put this together in my mind until that moment, as he was explaining it, and I refreshed Twitter, and see that a decision had been made, and and he was like, you know, it's a good question, and then he he goes, I, I think if you feel good about what you have in that locker room and the direction of your offense, it's probably something that you you hire from within or. Or somebody that was a right-hand man or something of that nature from another place that when they come in, it's not completely uprooting everything. I mean, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that if you go outside the building that somehow, some way, you're saying, it's all terrible. It's all terrible. We stink. But... It, it does indicate that you're going in a little bit of a different direction offensively, right? And, and maybe it's something that would upset certain parts of the roster, maybe even create a different kind of a schism, even though coaches are built different and someone coming in isn't as problematic as maybe it is that new, new guy or gal in the cubicle next to you or on the Zoom call or, I don't know, at the station, wherever you might work. Coaches are built a little different. And as Jeff was explaining it, it made perfect sense. It, it, it hit me hard, Josh. What's one thing we know for certain about Jeff Lebby? Is that Brent Venables wanted him to stay around. This wasn't, you know, Joe Masada wrote the article for the Oklahoman, and I know a lot of you feel this some sort of way about this, and I'm not ever going to question the way that you feel about it, and that's fine. But Joe's article, I think, spoke for a lot of people when they were like, Mississippi State just did us a favor. Thank you. Get, get this guy out. I don't want it. I'm tired of jet sweeps. I'm tired of 10-second three and outs. And I sure as heck don't want any sort of relationship with the Bryles family. Get him out of here. Right? There, there's a faction of you that feel that way. Brent Venables wanted him to be his offensive coordinator. He liked what he was doing with the – and as I laid out, with the future of the quarterback position from – Jackson to Hawkins to Sperry and they've done a really nice job in laying that groundwork and oh yeah by the way it was top five offense in the country this year so at the core of it Brent Venables probably didn't see the need to go all right I got to go get Andy Ludwig in here and do something different offensively you and I talked about it we thought it might be great and even though Seth Luttrell historically has run a different offense than what Oklahoma runs he's been in it for a year He's a good play caller. I I loved what, in fact, I retweeted it. I hope this means we can be friends again, what Blinken Riley sent out last night. And then in his mentions, I found this incredible article from this offseason.
1: Yeah, from the Georgia Tech. Yes,
0: yes. That was way too smart for me. I'm just going to tell you right now. I started reading through that thing, and I was like, Oh, my gosh, we have really overcomplicated football. Too many words. There's a lot of words here and a lot of graphs and a lot of numbers that are too small for me to read. But I powered through, and Seth Luttrell is a heck of a play caller. I mean, he really is. So, I mean, I'm kind of kicking myself that we ever got caught. Right, it's always hindsight's 20-20. But when Joe John Finley and Seth Luttrell were announced as as co-offensive coordinators with Seth calling the plays, it just made 100% sense. Now, I know that you and I kind of may- maybe don't differ, but you wouldn't have minded vetting some other candidates, though, too, right? Sure.
1: And and maybe that happened a little bit this week, but uh, the fact that you didn't get through conference championship weekend, I mean, obviously, how much did you kick the tires on, say, a Brendan Marion? Uh, Sharon Moore, maybe you found out, okay, that's not super realistic. I, I don't know, right? Right. But the, the bottom line, I think, is this. Continuity was important, clearly, right? And they thought that they had two great candidates right here in-house. And uh, if your heart was set on that sort of to begin with, and your mind was set on that to begin with, then maybe you
0: don't need to do a lot of vetting externally. I was um, – George Stoyer is going to come on with us tomorrow. I mean, come on, man. George is one of my guys, and and he's been all over this. So I'm I'm really – He broke it. He broke that story last night. It was awesome to see – but I was listening to him last night, and he he said something that again just really resonated with me as a fan and as someone who covers this team. they they wanted to keep it stable. They feel like they brent venables, and I would assume uh, Joe C – and again, I still don't know. I'd love to I'd love to get a chance to sit down with Joe. I don't know in, like, offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator or assistant coaching hires, you know, what the role is of that AD, like how involved is Joe, and this is a major hire. So, you know, anywhere in the country, you know, what is that process like? And obviously it would be different because you have the Don of athletic directors and Joe C. So I don't know what involvement he had, but it just – my point is everyone that seemed to be involved in this decision-making process thought, guys, we're on a good path. This is, we're okay. Now, are there adjustments that need to be made? Absol- no one's saying it's perfect, but it's a 10-2 football team that from a skill position perspective has done really well, right, in recruiting and in development. So I am, I am a big-time believer in the path that Oklahoma is on and then guys who have been in that building continuing continuing to contribute in obviously a much higher level of importance way, if you will. That makes sense? My point is they feel good about where they're going. There's dudes that have been in this building. One guy is an expert on this offense. One guy has called plays and is incredible. Let's go. You've got a veteran that can call plays for this year and next year and however long Seth wants to stay around before he gets another job. And guess what? You've got your Kevin Wilson. What do I mean by that? You've got your guy that is one person is calling plays a la Chuck Long. You've got a Kevin Wilson that's waiting in the wings and learning, even though I don't know how much Kevin Wilson had to learn back in one. Was that Oh, two, You've got oh, your three. next OC. You got Right, exactly. Yeah. Ding, J- ding, 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 ding. Joe John
1: Finley's there. He's the heir apparent for if and when and likely when. Seth Luttrell gets the next head coaching gig after a successful stint as Oklahoma's OC.
0: Yeah, oh, exactly. And there is I, – I, I agree with this. I agree with what Travis just sent us. I, I think you're 100% right, Travis. I hope he doesn't mind me reading it on the air because I was just about ready to make this point. <laughs> when Seth Luttrell came to Oklahoma this offseason and became an analyst on the staff, he had other jobs he could have taken – as a position coach, as a coordinator at other places. He had opportunities. But I agree with this, and it's a good point. They hired a seasoned prolific offensive play caller in 23 as an analyst, knowing that Jeff Lebby would be off to a head coach's job. They essentially hired him as an OC in waiting, if you really look at the timeline. His contract with UNT was also through 2023, so the Mean Green may have even been paying him. Depending on his contractual details. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yesterday you asked me who I wanted. And I said, I wouldn't mind hiring from within. I I went back, I was going through right before the show started. Because I was trying to do as much research as I could on, you know, who would Brent Venables take from whenever he thinks about the philosophy of what he wants in his offensive coordinator or hiring the offensive coordinator, right? Um, Coach Toops. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from what Bob said about the O.C. search yesterday on on the rush. But Coach Stoops would seemingly be a guy that w- would hire from within. And it wasn't necessarily th- – this is so Stoopsian in my opinion of how it went. It wasn't just a guy that was on staff that had an offensive coordinator. It was a guy that maybe had been there for a while, right? When Mark Mangino replaced Mike Leach, he was the offensive line coach the year before. Then when Chuck Long replaced Mark Mangino – he had been on staff as the quarterback's coach. When Kevin Wilson replaced Chuck Long, when Chuck Long went off to San Diego State, Kevin Wilson had been on the staff. He understood it. When – we can do this all day. When Heupel replaced Kevin Wilson, Josh Heupel had been on staff. The only time they really went outside the box was whenever you felt like, we need to change some things here.
1: And you you went and got Lincoln Riley. Exactly. And, and it was very successful. It was. But – uh Obviously, the previous path, for the most part, I mean, speaks for itself. The results offensively were great,
0: and again, I don't. That's not to say that Oklahoma didn't have capable or potential really good candidates in house when they made that call in '15. It's just I, I think that maybe it was a moment where you look around like, all right, let's go, um, let's go get someone to spruce this baby up. Let's give this car a new, uh, a new tune-up, if you will. Yeah, it, and it if- worked.
1: It felt like a good time for the program to shake itself up a,
0: a smidge. Okay, so with that historical perspective, and Dabo, Dabo's all over the place, man. I mean, literally whenever he would hire his OCs, but it settled down after Chad Morris left for SMU, it settled down to where it was internal, right? He went out and got Chad Morris, but when when he had a staff and he felt confident, then became... Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott with him, and then Tony Elliott left, and I I don't know, was Dabble like calling plays there for a little bit or something? And then they realized what? Gosh, I we we need to spruce this up, and they went and got Riley Garrett. I'm Garrett sorry. Riley. It's been a long morning already, guys. Garrett Riley. <laughs> so I don't know if that kind of helps lay out the reasoning or the process or the understanding of it, but it was very it was very Oklahoma in the way that they went about it, right? It was very Bob Stoops in the way that they went about it because here's a guy in Joe John that had been on staff for a couple of years and he gets elevated from OC with another guy who, I mean, listen, Brent Venables has only been here two years, but Seth Luttrell was was right there, threw it all as an analyst last year, so you promote from within. And if Seth gets a head coach's job next year or the following year, because let me tell you something. Seth Luttrell's success at UNT, um, they they might have got a little carried away in firing him quicker. I think as we're learning watching that this year,
1: absolutely.
0: So he comes here and he coordinates an offense that has success in the SEC. Bro, he's going to be one of the hottest candidates out there for a job. So what do you have? You got your next guy and Joe John Finley in the waiting. It's it's brilliant if it works. <laughs> If it works out the way that I think and hope it will, and I'm kicking myself now, Josh, looking back that I didn't I didn't really embrace or understand just how confident Oklahoma was in the direction of their offense. that that's kind of the takeaway for me. What was your biggest takeaway from this last night? What kind of really I surprised you, timing of it and what really kind of stood out to you?
1: I don't know that I was altogether surprised. It felt like an in-house situation to me all along. I just thought that was the direction this was going to go. When you hear Latrell and Wells as the initial names, and then you sprinkle Joe John Finley and others in, it felt like that's probably where we were going to end up. So I don't know that I was surprised. I just think the continuity was incredibly important, obviously. And uh, I think that Coach Venable's ended up at the destination that – Probably he thought he was going to, to begin with, that he had somebody that he really trusts in Seth Luttrell and another person that he really trusts in Joe John Finley. You had a chance to promote Joe John Finley, and you had a chance uh, to kind of go with your gut in Seth Luttrell. So if you've got talented candidates on staff, I don't need an external hire to feel good about it. Right, You've, you've got the in-house guys.
0: Yep. They've been here. They know. Uh, and, you know, maybe that depth chart continues to grow. I, maybe when Joe John then gets a job, you've got a, a guy like a like Emmett, as Travis just pointed out, Emmett Jones, or if it, wh- whatever it might be, that that next offensive coordinator after Joe John might be coaching at Clemson right now, or might be an analyst on the Oklahoma staff, or something you know might be coaching a high school team right now, for all we know. You you. But like, I love this hire.
1: You'd like to think too that it's motivating to the other staff members at Oklahoma, right? I mean, it shows that. Look, you could climb the ranks at OU. Sure, you, you don't have to leave OU to climb the ranks in this profession. So that part of it, I, I kind of like.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think the co part of this is what's maybe the most reassuring thing for me. It really is because I, I, I don't really have I don't know Seth that well. Like in other words, Seth is a guy that I give a smile and a fist bump to before the games. But I haven't had a chance to hang out with him. I haven't had a chance to spend time around him. I haven't had a chance to really, really get to know him like I want to. But, man, that limited amount of time I get to talk to him, he seems freaking awesome. (laughs) I mean, you look at the guy when he's walking and you think, ooh, that's that's a dude that'll just run over you. And then you kind of get a few minutes just talking to him and you're like, dang, this guy's awesome, right? So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's going to even be more than two years that's how that's how impressed I've been with him. like I feel like he's a guy that could be back on the head coach's ledger sooner rather than later. So with the co side of it, you've always got someone ready to go.
1: It was a huge day for Joe John finley. Huge
0: it really day. it really really and deser- I remember a couple years ago whenever this staff came together. And I don't really – I'm not one of those I told you so kind of guys, and this isn't even really an I told you so thing, but I brought up – you know, Joe John Finley is one of the most highly thought of young offensive minds in college football. He is a guy that's going to have opportunities to go places. He's going to have – he's going to have opportunities to go and really dive in to being, you know, whatever he wants to be in this profession. Oh, no, not going to happen, never. Come on, get no. And then you see it here with this. You absolutely see it. All right, um, quick break. Quick break. When we come back with the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and we've got more than just this OC search and reaction to talk about. Here's my question of the day. Here's my question of the day to the Meyer Chevrolet texters. Number one, and most importantly, this to me is an indication that you are confident in the direction the offense is going right now. Do you at 405 651 3439 share that confidence? I do. On the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405 If you want to do it the old fashioned way, pick up the phone and call us. I have to make a phone call today, Josh. I'm not very happy about it, but I'm very happy because it's my dad's birthday. But I can't just send a text, right? That means I've got to actually interact with another human being.
1: Well, happy birthday to your pops. Happy
0: birthday, pops. Um, but just so you know, when I say, hey, give me a call, no one despises using the phone for a call more than I do. <laughs> but if you would like to pick up the phone and call, it's at 405-329-9000. Jump on in here. Thoughts on the, thoughts on the hire of Joe John Finley and Seth Luttrell as co-offensive coordinators and as Parker Thune has reported – it's Seth Luttrell that's going to be calling plays. We're all in on it. Plus some 14 playoff ranking talk next on The Ref. Spike my headset after that segment. I felt so good about it. Anything in the playoff rankings surprise you last night? I don't think so. I mean, Ohio State
1: in front of uh, Texas and Alabama, we discussed that possibility. I don't think it matters. I mean, obviously they need three unbeatens to win and Texas and
0: Florida State to lose. I didn't, I didn't have this shock. I mean, they've been incredibly lazy on this for me. Has the playoff committee? I don't know. It Michigan just, didn't jump to one. I mean, any problems with that? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Georgia's the number one team in the country, but man, Michigan's like a step aside, right? They're right there, one a. But I didn't, have a, I didn't have a big issue with it. One through eight, the eight teams in the top eight did not change in every single playoff ranking. That has never happened. The top eight were the eight teams that were in the top eight in every playoff ranking. That's incredible. I mean, that just kind of shows you the ridiculous nature of this season and the lack of true upsets. Yes, Kansas and Oklahoma State beating OU was an upset. Texas beating Alabama was an upset, but not to the degree that we usually have at this point, right? I mean, it's just been a chalky season, chalky season. All right, which um, means uh, there's only one week left. That's right for a little zaniness. Um, let's get a couple texts on this because I, it's fair to criticize. Like for instance, I don't, I don't know this person, but he's very mad at me. He's very mad at me. He writes. You're working too hard at this. Just say it's weird, but let's wait to pass judgment. Saying you love this? Ridiculous. The co-part is what's best about it? Outrageously stupid attempt at spin. Listen here, Chris. No one called me and tried to spin this. There's no spin. You said yesterday that you thought in-house was best. I've, I've always believed this. So... I appreciate you feeling embarrassed for me. I'm embarrassed for me every single day. Um, but I like the co-part of this. It was a Bob Stoop staple that worked. There was a lot of co-offensive coordinators, and there was a clear play caller, and there was a clear co. And Understudy, I think, if you will. And I think that's the coolest part of this, that you've got Joe John Finley here and Seth Luttrell as an established play caller. So try harder. Maybe at some point you can get better at your sports takes and texting the show. But for now, Chris, I'm going to stick with, I like the idea that it's a co-offensive coordinator. I think it's one of the best parts of it. Oh, let me refresh that. The best part of this is apparently it keeps Jackson Arnold happy. And that's gotta be the most important thing through all of this, right? Well, it's definitely
1: one of them. That's right. Absolutely. Keeping the five-star quarterback happy, protecting your future. It's obviously important. Look, If it goes south, people are going to say it was lazy, right? right? Oh, exactly. But uh,
0: if it goes well, then it's brilliant to stick with the continuity. Here's the 918. Whether this move is wildly successful or not, the hire makes sense. Who wants to enter the SEC learning a new offense? Plus, you got to promote from within for Coach V to promote loyalty within reason. Pretty sure the loyalty goes a long way in attracting the best and brightest in the coaching world. Hey, when you come here, you're going to have an opportunity to climb the ranks. Absolutely. Make more money, be more stable, have a chance to be a head coach.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's why I told you. I think that's one of the nice things about this is it, it does uh, – I mean, you, if if you want that to be a staple of your program or something you can sell, okay, well, now you've practiced what you preach.
0: That's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, here's Chuck Town Sooner who writes, Another thought about the O.C. hire is if you go out and get a new proven guy, would that guy really be okay with BV telling him he can't create his own staff? Doubtful. So the hot word continuity definitely goes well beyond just swapping OCs and systems. I think BV made the right decision whether this team is uh, where this team is and where it's headed right now. That's a really good way of looking at it. It's and And I think it's just because you hire a new OC, and I remember, I remember Lincoln Riley telling me this: just because you hire a new offensive coordinator, doesn't mean he gets to bring in like a whole new staff. I remember Lincoln brought in Dennis Simmons, and it was funny because I remember, I'm like, "Oh, you got to bring in." He's like, "Well, listen, I the the coach had to decide whether or not we could bring him in." You know, I said, "Hey, here's a guy I'd like to have with me," and boom, now, like for instance, who's the uh, I was. I wrote down the name, and I was trying to remember it. Matt Holochek has been on the Oklahoma staff as a what's the word I'm looking for uh, analyst. The last couple of years, he came with Levy from Ole Miss. He's kind of his quarterback guy, right hand guy that you know does all the things that he needs done for him. Numbers wise, graph wise, whatever it is, and so I'm sure he's going with Levy. But anymore, it's usually it's usually sometimes support guys. But it's very rarely when a coach comes in that he gets to bring, like, two or three coaches with him. I mean, very rarely. The defensive turnover whenever Alex Grinch came in here, right? Because he brought in Brian Odom, and he brought in, oh, why am I blanking on the corners coach that was recruiting the same guy for two different schools that would always do the videos after the game. We're not going anywhere until you come up with this name. And no Googling. He's at USC right now. and it's. But my point is, the turnover – The turnover that took place there is kind of unique. I don't think an offensive coach would have been able to come in right away and just be like, all right, this is my offensive line, coach, and then you're moving into a new league. Did you come up with it?
1: No, and it's driving me crazy.
0: Hold on. I'm going to have to Google it up. USC cornerback coach. Roy Manning, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Drake was the first to went in on that. Um, Sooner Judy, good question. Will there be a press conference? I'm sure there will be. I think that they'll get through – Championship week. Uh, listen, I'm not going to try to project because I'll probably look at my email and see that there is a press conference tomorrow. So I'm not going <laughs> to this afternoon. Here I'm we not going to try to project that thing at all. Um, I like I like this from Sean. What is our offensive and or what is our offense and what is our offensive direction? Well, uh, when we come back, I talked to Shahan Jayaraja. I'll I'll I talked to him last night. And when we come back, I'll I'll play what he said about our offensive direction, Sean. And I think that you'll appreciate it. Because to me, to me, I really, really dig what he had to say about where Oklahoma was as an offense and where he thinks it can go. And we'll get that next with Josh. I'm Plank. It's Plank Show right here on a Wednesday on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right. My Shehan cut has disappeared. Oh, no. Shehan Jayaraja? I don't know. I don't know what happened. Why don't we just
1: call him and get him on, get him we on the We probably
0: app. could. It was I, I'm texting right now to see if Denton can send it to me. It, like, literally is gone. So, with the
1: co-OC news, everybody's sticking in place offensively now? No more shuffling? Um, People were concerned that uh, Levy was going to pluck Joe John Finley, and he's been flirting with DeMarco, and on and on and on. Oh, has he? Well, you know, that that buzz started out there. But to me, this news means that maybe we're done offensively.
0: You said it very confidently yesterday. In fact, so confidently that you sold me. This was going to be one person getting hired. And I think you're right. I think you're right. And it's Seth Luttrell as the offensive coordinator. You're going to have a few. Hey, I, I will say there's going to be other movement. There's going to be other places that will want – maybe it is a DeMarco Murray, but on the defensive side of the football, the Jay Eyes, the Brandon Halls of the world, they're going to have opportunities to go places. Um, you know, Boise State is open. You got it. and listen, you, you don't go to Boise State from Oklahoma unless probably you're going to be a head coach. Unless your boy is taking the job and he's like, hey, come call my defense. Um. There's going to be Power 5 openings. See, what happens if Harbaugh leaves Michigan? By the way, you people that were talking about Sharon Moore, thanks for making me look like an idiot to all the Michigan people. Uh, Sharon Moore has started following all these people. I literally called my two Michigan friends, including former player John Jansen, and got laughed off the phone. They're like, what? I'm like, I'm, I, I know. Is there, is there any chance that Sharon Moore is like, no. What are you even talking about? I'm like, well, they said if, you know, follow. Some. No, I look like a fool. <laughs> no, I was probably pretty dumb to make the phone call to begin with. No, yeah. I would just dot my eyes and crossing sure. my teeth for you people. Right, here we go. You shocked at all that it stayed in house? No, I'm not. I, I
1: think that, uh, look, when you've got Seth Luttrell and Wells on your staff as analysts helping you out, those are strong candidates, right? Right there to start with. So, and it kind of felt like a move at the time that was okay. If Levy takes a gig, all along it felt that way that you had your succession plan. So, it was going to take somebody externally, I think, really wowing for it not to wind up this way. Now, is it the best hire? Okay, that remains to be seen. Is uh, is it? Did Oklahoma cross all of its? tease and dot all of its eyes. I don't know on this search. I think that they had somebody they really liked in Luttrell, and they ran with it. And he's very qualified, so I'm not saying that it's the wrong move. No, no, no. It's
0: just, I, I do think there's going to be this faction until you see it. Well, you're going to get a great opportunity to see it. Uh, they're going to call plays in the bowl game. And until you see it, you probably won't have a ton of confidence in it, and then even after a bowl game, you'll want to see it whenever Oklahoma plays its... I, I think pretty challenging non conference schedule next year and gets into SEC play in week four against Tennessee. And that you know, it's funny, we spent we spent a lot of time this off season, Josh. Saying we've gotta see it. We gotta see it. it's gotta be we gotta have it proven to us. And to be honest with you, we might not, and when we say it, the improvement in this football team in this program. And we would even couch it with, well, you know, we also Pretty soft non-conference schedule, so maybe we won't really know anything until about, you know, Texas. Sure. Because if this team isn't, what was it, 4-0? If this team isn't 4-0 going into Texas, something terrible has taken place, Sure,
1: right? 5-0. If you'd oh, lost it to five, Cincinnati, yeah. or Cincinnati or something, something
0: had gone wrong. I, I keep forgetting about the Cincinnati trip. Like, it never happened. But – I think we're going to be in the same thing, in the same boat. Is this won't be the only day that we talk about the Oklahoma offense? This won't be the only day that we talk about Seth and Joe John as co-coordinators. And every single show will end with a. I guess we'll see.
1: I, I it, guess we'll find out. It, it might be until the Texas game because you're right. the uh, The Tennessee game at home. I mean, would yeah, that's going to be an early litmus test. But do you expect Tennessee to be great defensively? Um. No. <laughs> so there you go. You're <laughs> yeah. probably waiting t- until the Texans. But that's going to be a nice early. Okay, let's figure out where they're at.
0: Yeah, exactly. Chad and Owasso writes I like the OC higher. I do hope with Luttrell calling plays, OU's offense may lean more towards the Leach slash Riley air raid style that Luttrell has done before over the Baylor Levy style. I, you know, that's so funny because, you know, Lincoln would push back so hard. Um, in a lot of ways, on being called air raid. he didn't of, like that. In a lot of ways, he embraced it because it was the title leech and it was kind of the umbrella they were under. But Lincoln was always, guys, we're based in the run game. You know, it's a little bit more, say, Chip Kelly and what he did than what, you know, even Mike Leach. I mean, Mike Leach never ran the football. I mean, he right. just never ran the football. So when you say air raid – I think some people mistakenly think, oh, he's just going to throw the ball around. No, Seth Luttrell's offense is very similar, at least from what I've researched so far. I can't, you know, I can't say I've watched a lot of North Texas football in the past, but he—he's not afraid to—he's not afraid to run the football. I will say though, it is—it's really cool. It's really cool because if there is one relationship that I know is incredibly tight, it's Bill Beanbow and Seth Luttrell, and I think it's incredibly cool that these guys are going to be working hand-in-hand at OU. They did it at Arizona. Um, I want to say they spent some time together at Texas Tech as well, but I mean, Beatonbo, I remember Coach telling me that on his way back from an OU Texas game, he stopped and watched the North Texas game just to watch and support Seth and just to be there for him. I mean, that's a great relationship. And Bill's responsible for helping to and develop a lot of the run concepts that Oklahoma has. So I think, you know, keeping him around and keeping him happy, that's that's a big deal. But the offensive identity that Sean asked, I'm not dodging the question. What Sha- what Shahan said was was real interesting because he's like, I felt like their identity was that they just go fast. I was like, damn, that's that hurts. But it's true, right? It's what do you do? Well we go fast. All right. Um you, you base in the like little passing game, screen. We go fast. So I think this is going to be a good balance between it. You hope.
1: What was the identity
0: under Lincoln Riley? Uh, explosive, right? Felt like it was an explosive offense that could score almost at will. How I know about, now. A couple of
1: Heisman winning quarterbacks. Yeah, was I, that I the, know.
0: I know no one wants to hear that now, but come on. If you, if you, If you think about it, that's what it was. Well, and it changed with Jalen Hurts. Sure. And that became more power, right? Power runs with the quarterbacks, which he's still doing in the NFL. And great, great offensive coordinators will
1: adjust. Right. Accordingly. Exactly. All of which is to say, uh, you know, was there this clear, defined, this is a Lincoln-Riley offense?
0: Right. The
1: the tempo has been a defining characteristic. That's it. For sure the past two seasons.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, gosh, so much fun stuff to get into on this. So much fun stuff to get into on this. By the way, there's 8,000 texts that say Roy Manning, but I did have to laugh at the one from the 918 that says Carrie Cooks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's close. That's close. That was right before, Roy. All right, let's get a break in here. We'll hit the Meyer Chevrolet text line hard next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Real quick, before we uh, get to the phones, I did have to laugh at this from K Dub in the nine one eight. It's fascinating how people wanted a new OC when the offense finished fourth in the country. The defense finished eightieth. Is, is this back to last year? Did they finish that poorly in total defense? I thought they were pretty good. Anyway, let's we'll, uh, let's take a peek. Uh, the defense finished eightieth. Was automatic completion anytime we ran zone coverage, and every special teams unit was atrocious, atrocious all year. But yet, crickets. When it comes to that, no, I mean that's, that's hey, fair. look, that's fair. <laughs> I will say I think that I just don't think people, unfortunate, because I liked him. I don't think people like Levy. I think that the unfortunate and eightieth, eightieth. Oh, you were right. My bad, bro. I'll never doubt you again, K Dub. Right there with Michigan State, and Washington State. Oh wow, that's that's something. But it just, it, it maybe. Because of the two losses, Oklahoma State and Kansas seemed to be such offensive issues in those games, right? And the defense had played fairly well. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it was the Brile stuff. Maybe it was the um, cockiness of the picture after.
1: Scoring defense, by the way, Oklahoma's 41st. It's
0: a little better. there, But I just I think that's part of it too, Kato. Yeah, the Sooner Gunny. The offense lost the two games, period. So that's it conservative play
1: calling in one sequence downs in kansas and then uh for some reason you can't snap a football
0: yeah dang you jeff levy for not being able to snap that football correctly uh let's get mr sports in here mr sports good morning what's going on
2: man good morning mr flank let me uh start off by saying uh another incredible job you've done on the sidelines this season Thank you, sir. They got demand the down there.
0: I appreciate it. It was a good year. It was a fun year. year. It was. We. Uh, I had the all-access pass, and I was able to use it, so that was nice.
2: Very good. Very good. Let me give you a little bit of uh, Oklahoma Sooner history that I'm tied into with the Seth Latrell hire. Uh, in the '70s, probably the two best running tandems was my late uncle and Jimmy Lattrell at Muskogee Ruffers. Uh, or, uh our, our family ranch is in the eastern part of the state, so we grew up there. And that, those two guys, Jim Luttrell and my uncle, were a one-two punch for the Rovers back in those days. And, you know, of course, Jimmy went to OU, and my uncle went on North to and played North Eastern. But anyway, all these years, we come back, and now here's this.
1: Yeah, it's pretty and cool.
2: I just, yeah, I think it's a really great deal. Um, but here's my question, and I'll take it off the air. I've always thought that Seth Luttrell was more of a run-and-shoot offensive type deal. So, give me your comments on that. Guys, have a great Wednesday.
0: You're right. Seth Luttrell's offense that he has historically run is different than what Oklahoma runs. So, that's a great question. How different will this look for Seth? How different will this look for Oklahoma? You know, I, I always find it, you know, it's funny. Because I think many of us are from kind of the Madden era to where we're like, oh, just, you know, the playbook is fine. Just run tight and attack or run this when it's, you know, obviously a little bit more complicated. I wonder what that would look like in trying to implement elements of, okay, well, you call this play this, and I've always – use this wording for it and had the tight end do this or had the receive. So I, I just, I'm always, I'm curious as to how that's going to mesh together.
1: Great questions for Brent Vittables when we talk to him. It's happening.
0: It's happening. He, I mean, he'll, he'll speak soon.
1: How much of the language is changing? How, I mean, is it a different offense that you're installing now?
0: All very important questions. Stats is registered to take on the super secret textoso line.
1: Good morning, Stats.
0: Both guys are OU alums, obviously, and Seth is an Oklahoma native. That has to help. And they both come from different eras of Oklahoma football, going back to Leach, Mangino, and then Kevin Wilson. Seth Luttrell had what, both Leach and, was he there? Yeah, and Mangino. And here's Joe John, who, you know, his offensive coordinator was Kevin Wilson, and I think Kevin Sumlin was his tight ends coach at that time. But regardless, they all come from OU and from different eras. Hey, it's pretty exciting to see a couple of
1: Sooners get the gig.
0: Absolutely. Quick break. We'll come back and um, talk more about the new O.C. for the Sooners to the ref.